The, follow the following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I would like to share with you a number of stories that I believe bring out the Kedusha and the protection of Shabbos. This story, the first one, is so special to me because I heard it from a great Sadiq, somebody who literally was like a surrogate father to me. It was Rabbi Yisrael Grossman. The very first time that he came to America, he came with Rabbi Shalom Shadron, and he stayed in our home for more than three months. Over the years, I was in his home in Bote Varsha many, many times. I became very close to his children. Perhaps the closest one that I was with was Rabbi Yisrael Grossman from Migdala Amek. Of course, his other son, Rabbi Zalman Grossman, and Rabbi Nsian, and Rabbi Yasef, and Rabbi Yankel extraordinary children. But to me, to be in his home in Botevarsha Friday night, where they didn't use the regular electricity, it was a very small place, but you just felt the Kedusha. As I mentioned, when I heard the first time how he would sing and he would say the Nusach, the Rabbein Kalei Friday night, I heard that in my house when he first came, as I said, with Rab Sholem. But then to be at his Shabbos table, was out of this world. And you could see that the man was just transposed to a different element on Shabbos Kodesh. And I remember one Friday night, he told me this story about his father. His father was Rab Zalman. And he told me something very interesting about his father. He said his father hardly, or maybe not even at all, would sleep on Shabbos. Maybe he slept at night for a few hours, but basically, he was up a whole Shabbos. And he told me that he once asked his father, why are you up a whole Shabbos? And he said something so beautiful. Rab Zalman said, you know, we know that Shabbos is the Malka. Shabbos is the queen. So who's the king? He says, every Yid is the king. And Shabbos is the queen. Now, if the queen comes to visit you only once a week, don't you want to spend time with the queen? So of course, as many hours as I can be awake on Shabbos, and to spend the time, because I'm the king, and to spend the time with the queen, that's really what Shabbos is all about. So Rab Zalman would either learn, or he would sing Zmiris, or he was davening, but whatever it was, it was a connection to the Shabbos Malka. And because of this, as you will see in a moment, a tremendous thing happened to him that he would talk about for the rest of his life. And his son, Rab Yisrael, would share it with all who would listen, to his family, and to all that were close to him. So I'll tell you the story. What happened was that Rab Zalman, unfortunately, was a very poor person. And he had a large family, and he had to support the family. So way back in 1912, he left Eretz Yisrael. He left his family in Eretz Yisrael, and he came to America to raise funds for yeshiva called Yeshiva Oyel Moshe. Now, of course, he would obviously get a commission from the amount of money that he raised. And he took a small office in the Lower East Side of Manhattan, and he had Mishalachim working for him. And they would travel throughout the United States, raising money in the Jewish communities, wherever they were, and they would come back to report to him, give him the money, and eventually he would send it to Eretz Yisrael. Now, it happened that one of the people, let's call him Rab Nachum. Rab Nachum was a Mishalach for Rab Salman Grossman, and he had just come back on a Friday morning, he had come back from a trip where he was raising money for, as I said, for the Yeshiva Ayal Moshe. 
Now, the man was exhausted, and he came back. He was staying with some of his relatives in Manhattan, but he just couldn't fall asleep. So he knew that Rab Zalman stayed up very, very late and maybe didn't even sleep at all Friday night. And so he decided to take a walk around Manhattan, and in a little while he was just lost because he didn't know Manhattan. But he st started asking people, you know, about the streets, and he realized that he was closer to the Lower East Side than he was to where his relatives were. So he figured, you know, why not? He'll go visit Rab Zalman. Now, what happened that night? You see, Rab Zalman was a very Heilige Yid, and he stayed in that office. He had a back room in the office in the Lower East Side that had a chair, table, and a bed. And he never ate meat when he was in America because he was only eat from those shachtim that he knew. He didn't know the shachtim in America, so he only ate from the shachtim's meat that he knew in Eretz Yisrael. You know, of course, today we can all get Chal of Yisrael, but back in 1912, he couldn't get Chal of Yisrael, certainly not easily. And so he had no milk either. So he lived alone, and it was Friday night, and he was making Kiddush. And as he was making Kiddush, he was holding the case of wine, and suddenly he got a tremendous, tremendous pain in his stomach. And he just cried out, and he just fell from pain. And he was so debilitated because of this pain, he could not even crawl to the phone to call a doctor or to call the police, anybody. And he was just lying on the floor, groaning and moaning, and the wine had spilled all over the place. Now, just it happened, Minah Shemayim, that as he was lying there, maybe a half hour later, that's when this Rab Nochem was coming to visit him. Because he figured, as we said, Rab Zalman is up anyway. And he knocks on a door, and there's no answer. He can't understand it. He knows that Rab Zalman didn't go anyplace. He was always home Friday, Friday night and Shabbos. And he's trying to knock on the door, trying to listen. And he hears that Rab Zalman is groaning and moaning. And he says, Rab Zalman, are you okay? And he couldn't answer him. And he ran downstairs. He flagged down a police car. They came with their billy clubs. They knocked down the door. And they saw this tzaddik lying on the floor with a pool of wine and the case on the floor. And they rushed him to the hospital, and he had an emergency appendix operation. And you know, Rab Nachum eventually made his way to the hospital. And the doctor told him, he said, you know, if your friend, that rabbi, if you hadn't seen him and got to him to the hospital, if he had been there another hour, he would have died. That's how seriously that terrible appendix was. And you know, eventually, Baruch Hashem, he healed, and he was able to go back to Eretz Yisrael. And every time he would tell the story, he would say, why did Rav Nachum come to me? He really saved my life, because he knew that I was up. And he said, you know, in the Zmiris that we sing, and many of us sing it during the day, Shabbos during the day, of course, many Sephardim sing the song. It's a song that the Evan Ezra made up. Ki eshmer Shabbos, keel yishmerini. If I watch Shabbos, Hashem will watch me. And Rab Zalman would say, I watched and I observed the Shabbos in a very special way because I wanted to be with the Shabbos Malka. So Hashem watched me and he made sure that Rab Nochem came and he was able to find me and I was able to be rushed to the hospital. And I think that there's a great lesson here. Shabbos is the Makor HaBrocha, but Shabbos is also a protection. That's what the Evan Ezra was telling us. Ki eshmer Shabbos keel yishmereni. And Rabbi Yisrael would always say that we all have to observe 
the Shabbos in the best possible way, not only because we're showing our love for Shabbos, but then ki eshmer Shabbos keel yishmereni. So let us know Shabbos is not only a time of Kedusha, but it's a time of protection for all of us. I would like to share another story with you that I feel will show us in such a beautiful way the Kedusha of Shabbos. Now, many, many years ago, there was a Rav, famous Rav, who was down in Miami, and he happened to be there on the 24th day of Elul. Now, that day is a very special day because the 24th day of Elul is the Yorzeit of the Chavetz Chaim. And this Rav was hired to give a speech in a very big shul to talk about the life of the Chavetz Chaim. And of course, he went through all the Svarim that the Chavetz Chaim wrote to Mishnah Brura, and of course, Shmer Salashen and the Chavetz Chaim and the Svarim that he wrote on the... I'm sorry. And he spoke about all the Svarim that the Chavetz Chaim wrote, the Mishnah Brura, Shmer Salashen, the Chavetz Chaim, and all the other Svarim, Avas Chesed, and everything about the Chavetz Chaim, how he built the yeshiva in Raden. And then as he was winding down, he said, you know, there's one more story that I want to tell you. And this story, he said, touches me very much, but I don't even remember who told it to me. And I don't even know the end of the story. I just know that there was once a boy in the Raden Yeshiva who was caught smoking a cigarette on Shabbos. And the Rebbeim found out about it, and they were horrified. Could you imagine in Raden, a bacher in the yeshiva should smoke on Shabbos? And they wanted to throw him out. But you couldn't do anything in the Raden yeshiva without going to the Chavetz Chaim, who was really the head of the yeshiva. So they went and they told the Chavetz Chaim about this boy. And he said, please bring the boy to me. Tell him I would like to see him. Now, the Rav who was telling the story said, all I know is that the Chavetz Chaim spoke to him for a little while. I have no idea what he said to him, but I know that the boy made a commitment that he would never, ever be Machal Shabbos for the rest of his life. And the Rav said, I wish I knew what the Chavetz Chaim said to him, but I don't. But one thing I do know, that the Chavetz Chaim, whatever he said, was so powerful that it changed this boy's life forever. And he remained a Shem Shabbos all his life. And then he finished his speech. Everybody in the shul emptied out. Many people had comments to make to the Rav about his great speech. But there was one man, one old man, who was just sitting, and he was transfixed, and he was just there in his seat. And the Rav went over to him. He said, are you okay? And the man said to him, how do you know that story? Where did you hear that story? He said, I tell you the truth, I really don't remember. I just remember that I heard the story, and it made such an impression on me. And... The man seemed so disturbed. And the Rav said, are you okay? He said, I want to tell you something. I'm that boy. He said, what? He said, yeah, I'm that boy who was in the Chavetz Chaim. I was the boy who smoked that cigarette. He said, I can't believe it. I had no idea. Now, the Rav was just bursting. He wanted to ask him, what did the Chavetz Chaim say? But he just couldn't ask him because he saw how disturbed this fellow was. And the fellow said, you know, I want to talk to you. Let's go outside. And as they walked outside, he said, let me tell you what happened. He said, I was a teenage boy. I wasn't very tall. And as short as I was, the Chavetz Chaim was even shorter. He came up to my shoulders and took my hand. And he held both, with both his hands, he held my hand. And he said to me, Shabbos, Shabbos. 
And then he said, the Chavetz Chaim opened his eyes, and his eyes had tears. He was crying. I felt so bad. I had made the Chavetz Chaim cry. And he kept on holding my hand, and he wouldn't let go. And he put his hands near his face, and one of his tears dropped down on my hand. I thought it would burn a hole in it. And he just kept repeating, Shabbos, Hilgis Shabbos. He wasn't angry. He was just so disappointed. He was so sad that a boy in his yeshiva could have violated the Shabbos in that way. And then he let my hand go, and I left. I left his house. And I'll tell you the truth. I made up my mind. I could never, ever be Mahala Shabbos again. Because how could I have made that Sadiq Ador cry? I would feel so guilty if I ever violated the Shabbos again. And I must tell you, I never did. I've been a Shema Shabbos all my life. I don't know how you heard the story, because I haven't told it to many people, but obviously it got out. But one thing we saw, and we could all see today, of the Kedusha, the Helekite, of what Shabbos meant to the Chavetz Chaim, that if he heard that a boy was Machala Shabbos, it made him cry. Because how could you violate the Kedusha of Shabbos? And perhaps sometimes if we're not sure about something, whether it's allowed to be done or not allowed to be done, let's think if we had to be in front of the Chavetz Chaim, what would he say? How would he feel? Maybe that should be an incentive for all of us to learn Hilcha Shabbos in the Chavetz Chaim Sefer, in the Mishnah Purah. Because that's what he writes in the Hagdama. He says the halachas of Shabbos are not easy. They're very complicated. And there are so many of them. We owe it to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and in a sense to the Chavetz Chaim, because he spent years, years writing the Mishnah Bura, and he must have spent years writing Chelek Gimel and the beginning of Chelek Dalad, which has to do with Shabbos. Because to him, Kedusha Shabbos was paramount, was most important. And I think from these two stories, we can learn the Kedusha of Shabbos and the Shemir of Shabbos. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire dot org.